These are stories of women, mothers, and enterprises filled with grit, gumption, and overcoming. We're in the midst of adversity. We see her rise up. She makes a choice. She chooses to emerge. I'm your host, Becca Erickson. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the To Emerge podcast. Gina Richards and I sat down and talked about her time in South Africa. She was there playing soccer and actually met her husband when she sat down in his chair for a haircut. So he is a stylist and they started their life together in South Africa and had their first child, a daughter there, and then moved to the States And um, that's where we pick up the conversation today with Gina as she shares about her son who was diagnosed with DeGeorge syndrome. Very fascinating interview and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So here we are picking up with Gina Richards. Everything was working out okay Um, and then we got pregnant which I was so excited you know to get pregnant with our second and um his name is Levi and Levi was born in September 2016 um, and Leslie was still in school I was still working and um, yeah so when Levi was born um, first of all in the pregnancy there I wasn't sick which I was grateful for but they had noticed I had a two vessel cord connecting mm-hmm. to my placenta which oftentimes is an indication of something but it, it can also just be the way that it developed um, and then in my third trimester I had polyhydramnios or excessive amniotic fluid which can be a risk because it can make your make you rupture obviously before the baby's ready and so they just watch you really closely and I had a lot of the really cool you know I got to see Levi on a camera a lot and um, we were just really excited it was a boy we have a girl already and yeah so um, but I was internally a little bit I think unsettled about you know what's what's really going on is everything fine and just trying to trust God in that process and um, work full-time and like manage life (laughs) so um, yeah so Levi was born and um, he had swallowed a bit of meconium during the birthing process so the NICU was there right away to help suction out his lungs and all of that but he was fine I was you know Mm. He was great, but I noticed that he, when, when I tried to breastfeed, he wasn't eating, mm. and to me, that was odd, because my daughter pretty immediately ate, knew what to do. It was kind of easy. I took that for granted, mm. and they said, oh, you know, it's just he doesn't feel good because he's got gunk in his stomach. Just mm. give him time, so, well, after 24 hours, he still wasn't eating, and they were taking his blood glucose, and so then we tried a bottle, and I mean, I had all these, like, he was having trouble latching, which, of course, then they send in the breastfeeding helpers to, you know, lactation consultants. Right. And what they finally realized is that when he would eat, it would come out his nose. Hmm. And so he wasn't able, you know, to take down the nutrients in the milk. So um, right away they put him in the NICU and they just wanted to do more tests. And that was a really scary thing, you know, to be told that your babe who's, you know, your birth's fine, everything, yeah. he's going to be yeah. good. Like, well, now we're taking him to the NICU. It's like, oh. So, so um, was some of the tubing different that it was coming out with the nose? So we didn't know yet at the time. So he didn't appear to be no there was nothing okay so I remember thinking oh what a cute like squatty little face he's got and like Mm -hmm. he's got the cutest ears and Mm -hmm. you know uh, there was nothing that appeared off about him um and so 
you know, in the NICU, this was a hard thing for me to swallow. The head of the NICU, bless her, she's got to be like a, I don't know, drill sergeant because she's got to handle a lot. And, right. and they do rounds every day. And I remember her telling me, you know, we want to get genetic testing for him because he does have really low set ears and really long hands and really long toes. And he might have some. And you just don't want to hear that as a new mom. <laughs> you know, so I was like, I wanted to give her a middle finger. And like, oh, that's my son. But the fact of the matter is there were some of those to people who are. Wait, she this is what they do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So they knew that they should probably do genetic testing. Additionally, we couldn't get Levi to, when he would eat, gosh, I wish I had a video for you. Um, he would make this really interesting sound. Very guttural. Yeah. Yep, sure. There you go. And so the speech therapist was working with us. Everyone was working with us trying to figure this out. They hadn't really encountered this before. Less than a week old. Yes. You're like, <laughs> yes. my brand new child has <laughs> a team of 18. I, it felt so overwhelming, right? And you're at the NICU and you're staying there and you just gave birth and mm. you go through that trauma and your husband's in school and you're, you know, right. he can only miss a couple days. And right. so, and there's my, oh. so, Yes, um, they they really couldn't figure it out, to be honest. And he was in the NICU for about seven days. But what we finally got Levi to do is, um, and he had to have a, they call it an NG tube. So a tube through his nose and into his gastroesophageal area for a while. But then they were able to get him with a special type of bottle to be able to eat with a mm-hmm. special, it works for you kind of. Mm-hmm. So they felt comfortable sending us home. And said, we'll get you an appointment at some children's specialist a month from now. That's as soon as we can get you in at an ENT. Sure. So I felt a little weird about it. But I said, okay, I trust you guys. You know what you're doing. Yeah. And so this self-pumping bottle was giving him your breast milk? Yes. I was pumping. Like, if anyone's ever pumped, you guys, I was bound to a pump. But Mm -hmm. I was so committed to that. Mm -hmm. So we had to give him extra calories through a little extra, you know, but that's okay. It was mostly all breast milk that he was getting. So right. I, I always say fed is best. Oh, right. That is my, yeah. I will scream that Whatever from the rooftops you gave him, now. Fed is best. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is honestly, I have such a new appreciation for the whole human body, for birth, for everything, for women. It's like, if you can get your baby nutrients done, right. what a gift. Like, honestly. So, and I learned, you know, and that obviously came in the next few days because. I took my little guy home and I felt like, man, there's Lord, you know, but I was so sad that I just had all this stuff going around in my mind because it, something felt not right. Mm -hmm. And obviously it wasn't. And I felt scared to be home. Like just, okay, we'll figure this out, you know? And, um, I really, I can tell you the truth that I didn't really sleep at all because he was constantly hungry. And so, um, he was constantly making these funny noises that no one can tell you what they are. And it was just a really insecure time. And, you know, every mom out there who's had those, you wake up in the middle of the night to feed your babe. And it's like you're so alone. And when you add in the extra complexity of, like, not really knowing. And what I started to notice is Levi would, his whole body would kind of, um, I don't want to say convulse. It wasn't like a seizure thing. But he would clench back and his whole body would go back and his mouth would turn blue Mm. but at the time I just felt like they were saying oh this is just you'll figure this out in a month I just didn't realize that it was I just kept doing it I just wanted to get him milk I was constantly focused on getting him milk and pumping and milk and pumping so 
a feeding in the middle of the night with Levi would literally, because they were like, you have to get at least this many ounces in them, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It would take up to two hours, and then two hours later, again. So I round-the-clock did this, and finally I, with our pediatrician checkup, Levi had lost too much weight. She was like, when my pediatrician saw him, was like, this isn't okay. I don't know why they made you wait, but... Oh, wow. Yeah, he needs to be seen immediately. So she made a couple calls, got him in that day at the ENT, and the ENT was able to give him a scope, which they hadn't done yet, and see that he had what they call a submucous cleft palate in the top muscle layer of his mouth. So he was not able to control how he swallowed, and she immediately knew that he was aspirating. I didn't even know what aspirating meant, but that he was actually his the milk was going into his lungs right. and it was creating even more gunk and you know right so he would stiffen and yes. he was trying to he was trying to keep was it trying from to preserve itself that's right yes unreal so he oh gosh you know i think back on that and i just feel so bad but that's just a part of the well, learning process remember, right? right no formative memory <laughs> yeah so um our ent immediately took things into her own hands and had him hospitalized and had him you know we got his because I didn't know it but his oxygen levels had been dropping as this was happening I I knew it but I didn't know what was happening do you know what I'm saying so suddenly they got us set up with all these services so suddenly we're in the hospital again and you know the first six months of Levi's life were eight hospitalizations everywhere from three days to over a week to Um, and usually it was about dropping oxygen levels and they would try and send us home with, um, suction equipment, with, um, oxygen, with, gosh, what else? I felt like we had everything. We had in-home nursing and I just didn't sleep because I was so, and he had really bad reflux, they were saying, and what baby doesn't. I mean, it was just so confusing. Do they attribute this back to like the double like, okay, what is this? so our ENT then ordered while we were in hospital to have genetic testing done. And so I could tell when she looked at Levi that she was like, you know, there's a few things I'm thinking for Levi. And she was so calm and so sweet. She's my favorite of our providers, even to this day. I love her. She actually goes and does cleft palate um, missions in Mexico. I just, she's so great. And she saw my mom heart immediately. And I think that's why I love her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She took pity on me. Anyway, so um, they had genetic testing ordered for him and he had then genetic testing done probably that second day we were in hospital and I also knew when the geneticist came in because she had given me this name DeGeorge syndrome that she's wondering if possibly Levi could you know fit the bill for this Mm -hmm. and the whole time I'm thinking no he's flawless no he's yeah he's got I'm Mm -hmm. just so but Jesus made him perfect like he's perfect like I was having such a hard time processing any and all of this and what my faith would tell me and so were you like the calm mom that was like okay I'll just wait or were you like I'm gonna go Google I googled and I flipped a lahoozy I mean it was like I totally right. googled. And then we almost do this crazy spiral to ourselves. Yes. Yeah. In my head. And then I really wasn't sleeping right, even in the hospital. And so at that point, they had put an NG tube back in him. So it was like all I really had. I had the anxiety of not having to feed him and, you know, go away. But I was mm-hmm. pumping like crazy. And um, anyway, and they didn't know if vaccines were safe for him at that time. And that's a whole other topic I won't get into. But um, so it was like breast milk, breast milk. I was just such a pumping machine. So right. That's hard to do when you're stressed, too, on that extra level. So there was all that pressure there. And um, anyway, and my husband and I were getting more and more just kind of disconnected. Like, he wasn't joining. He didn't know what was going on. There was only so much I could tell him. And so, yeah, um, when the geneticist came in and he 
they just do what they do. They're scientists, basically. And I knew that he knew. Mm-hmm. And I knew. And I sobbed. Because yeah. I just didn't. I wanted to spare my little guy of any troubles like we do for all of our kids and you know what I had googled and honestly what they prepare you for for a parent of a kid with the George is um the worst and I think that they're kind of trained to as best they can train parents for the worst so that that the best is even better news if yeah. that makes sense yeah. so um what the George is I quickly found out you know and then they bring in all these specialists for the parent to educate the parent and there's my little guy with nurses and you know um I found out that DeGeorge syndrome happens at conception and it is a, on the 22nd chromosome of Levi's little body, he is missing 70 different genes that account for different functions in, you know, a quote unquote normal human's body. Now they can't really tell you exactly what genes those will be. And the medical language they use is that they wait for the body to fail. And it's like, then like, they, I'm sorry, what right. you just said? I'm like, uh-uh, we're, we're going to be proactive about this. This is when, you know what kind of a mom I, I became, I became the biggest advocate for my kiddo. Like I educated myself and I'm like, I'm smart. Like I'm going to figure this out. I seriously mm-hmm. feel like I <laughs> entered my own version of nursing school and you know, he had Specific immunologists, <laughs> right? I mean, but to George encompasses like, so he has all these different specialists and it turns out that children's Minnesota has one of 15 to George clinics in the nation mm. and they're awesome. Mm. What provision? Right. And so immediately when we had considered going to other States, we're like, no, we're not going to any other yeah. state. We just knew this is home. And right. like, I feel good about that too. So, um, it was very chaotic in the beginning. And when you're learning all this and you're trying to wrap your mind around it and you read you know, what the symptoms and the, what people's experiences are, it's somewhat like, great, you have this great community, but it's also super daunting and you don't want your mind to run ahead that fast and to think the worst, which it's hard not to do as a mom anyway. So that became our world really quickly. And we were finally able to go home. We knew now a better set of how to help Levi And they still are a little confounded by his mouth structure, but DeGeorge is known for three sort of major features that are um, prominent with prominent difficulties in kids. And the one is the mouth. The v- so DeGeorge is also called velocardiofacial syndrome. Velo meaning mouth, to so have some abnormality in the mouth, which obviously mm-hmm. Levi has. Mm-hmm. And then um, facial, they have lower set ears, they have kind of just this cute little different structured face and um cardio heart Mm. well praise jesus levi's heart was perfect and 85 percent of kids with the george have to have major heart surgeries so i felt so grateful for that and his kidneys were good his thalamus he has a smaller thalamus so to fight off infection it's smaller so you know you just have to take extra precautions but is this always on the 22nd Yes, always. But so it's always missing 70 or it could be missing? I think it could probably be more or less because sometimes they call a micro deletion. His is like a full deletion when they give you this test back. So for him, it was like it met that full 70 criteria. But some kids, I think it's right mutated differently. And that's their language, right? Even just think about genome, phenome. I mean, like, okay, wait a second. The tiny molecule at oh also this is all printed at conception can we think about the size of the tip of a pencil and this is all happening oh my gosh Uh, and it's yes unreal right the things that could go wrong and yet levi's heart 
with spirit. It's perfect. I'm just like, his heart is perfect. And yes. So, I mean, I had to automatically be like, okay, focus on what we're grateful for, what we're grateful for. It was really hard when you're in that space. And um, I think the hardest thing was there's so much ambiguity around this diagnosis and around what's going on with him that, you know, when you have a newborn, you know that they need, they're crying because of the poop, because they need to eat or because they're tired. Well, with him, it was a whole lot more complicated. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to be an expert on him. And it was really exhausting. And I'm grateful for all the help I had, whether it be my family. We ended up moving in with my mom because I just needed so much help with my daughter. And Leslie was in school. We needed to save some money now. So I had my three-month maternity leave or 12-week, whatever it was. And I was devastated Mm -hmm. to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Devastated. So I changed my hours to be nighttime hours because uh, my husband Leslie could come home from school and take care of Levi then. So I was always on edge at work, though, because you're the mom and you're the one who knows, right? Like, and you appointed yourself as advocate. Yes. So nobody knows as much as you. Right. I get it. Right. Like so release a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's been hard. Yeah. yeah. So um, and then they decided to in one of those hospitalizations to do a feeding tube for him, which actually I was like, that was one of the hardest days of my life. You know, they puncture his stomach, put a tube in, which a lot of kids get this. But it's like right. I had to do the sign off on a puncture into my son's right. stomach. That You're was like, really hard. You can have the hard. tube, but you can't yeah. puncture his skin. So however you want to make oh. But it changed our life, honestly, for the better. And I'm so, I asked them, I'm like, what did parents do however many years ago before they had this technology? And they're like, a lot of these kids died of pneumonia from their lungs. And And I'm just like, And they would just say that that's what it was because. Exactly. Right. So tell me. um, Yeah. So that's the story. Through some of the trauma and surprise and shock and Mm -hmm. then advocating, Mm -hmm. what were some of the worst, like pithy, like platitudes from women or moms that you're like listen I I do not right now have the capacity to pull you in and let you into my story with your little pithy comment (laughs) those were I I had to turn it off to be honest it's almost like bless everybody and I I just didn't have the empathy like I didn't have it in me or the energy in me to take it in right so it's almost like I've repressed some of those, but there were a lot mm-hmm. like, oh, this is all God's in control. That's a really hard one for right. me. Well, I you'll see the silver lining. Yes. And you're like, listen, girlfriend, I don't even sleep. Right. So don't silver lining anything <laughs> Totally. This will all make sense in however many years. He'll be your favorite child. He'll right. be your, like, just people out of their great intentions of their heart. Um, I almost needed to, like, you know what I really wish I had? I wish I had a mom who had been there. And who could just come alongside me. And I mean, so many moms try, you know, wanted to come alongside me and did and supported me. But it was, I felt like no one could like understand the just confusion of, and, um, you know, something that has come out of this now, my goal by the end of this year, Becca, is to be able to support, provide, Mm -hmm. do somehow mobilize, um, mental health therapists or other moms who have been through this or both to be available in children's hospital um 
three nights a week yeah. for the moms who are there with their kids with diagnosis. Because that. that's what I wish I would have had. Either through Ronald McDonald House somehow. That's like on my, literally one of my goals that I'm working towards this year. Because what I had was tons of social workers coming in wanting to connect me with programs and they're great programs. And I had, but I didn't have any heart stuff for yeah. me, the mama, which come on, we need to be healthy so our kids can be healthy. Right. No so kidding. Right. Yeah. I love that. And that's the, this whole podcast is because of Levi's chromosomal Mm -hmm. difference Mm -hmm. I am now going to you know it's the overcoming adversity like because of such and such Mm -hmm. this is who I am this is now my purpose Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so let me wrap us up with just like the last question we ask everyone yes so when you um, when the bottom fell out yeah and there was really nothing left like the Mm -hmm. footing of the earth fell out from under you Mm -hmm. what was Mm -hmm. left the first thing I think about is a song and it was, I think, new at the time out of Bethel Church in Reading. And I um, I think I just found it. And the lyrics were, take courage, my friend. And it's in the waiting. And that Jesus is with me in the waiting. And in those dark hours. And when I felt that, you know, no one, I just think, like, as much as I love Levi in those moments, and I just wanted to help him, I'm like, that's my God's heart for me. You know what I mean? And that even if I feel like it's not happening fast enough, he's still with me in it. So, Hmm. so like I even get this picture sometimes of like, if Gina, if you were my baby struggling awake in the middle of the night and I was your parent there with you feeling completely helpless, I'm, I'm there with you. And my heart for you is just as big as your heart for Levi. And so it kind of caused me to just like, a slight release of the anxiety for even those moments or just, I mean, I played that song on repeat because mm-hmm. I felt like it was in a song that I needed to hear. It was in the Psalms too. It wasn't many other places for mm-hmm. being scripture or through other people. It was a very intimate and painful time with God and a wrestling. And it yeah. was of so much value. I realize now. And, um, I would say that I was, I was able to quit my job full-time, my full-time job that I was doing, I was able to quit in January, which is totally God's provision, and since then, it's kind of like I'm melting, and I'm thawing out, mm. and I'm returning, I'm seeing right. What's, incredible, what next. yes, yeah. exactly, the next steps, like what you're saying, yeah. so I'm just entering into that, and what was there when the bottom fell out was totally, in my brokenness, Jesus with me, not mm. even him, like, putting me back together. I mean, that's great. I feel like that's happening now, but him just being there with me. And that was mm-hmm. enough. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So if we circled back in a year, we'd be able to get like an update of what is Gina doing in the whole supportive and advocacy community for children's. And it's truly that. my heart now yeah. is to connect with other moms specifically whose kid who are just confused like what's going on with yeah. my kiddo it doesn't make sense so to george moms i really want to get involved in that community too and um it's coming and i am in mental health i believe that one day however many years from now i'll be i would love to speak on this topic or to yeah. other you know do more of this kind of yeah. thing and yeah just out of my experience, which it's going to, you know, and now I realize I'm going to be a better mental health therapist, even a better mother, a mm. better friend, a better, yeah. I'm gonna better quote unquote, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to live more fully into those roles right. with more wisdom now right. because of the more pain. empathy and yes. more presence. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So where can people connect with you or find you? Yeah. So my, my name is Gina Richards and I am on Instagram under Gina Lee Richards. 
um, with, of course, the at sign before. And then um, Gina Lee Richards at gmail.com. If there's any moms out there who can relate to this at all or just want to connect, I would love that. Awesome. Um, yeah. Is there a group that's been meaningful to you, either through Facebook or online? That For me, there is the DeGeorge um, Moms or DeGeorge Parents uh, Facebook group that has been helpful at times. You know, at times you kind of need to mute those because mm, sometimes sure. there's losses and there's just hard things that you're like, oh gosh, am I going to, you know, you get too caught up in it. Personally, that's a struggle yeah. of mine. Yeah. So, but sometimes it's just right where I need to be and I can do that search bar up there. What moms have struggled with this, what sure. helped them and all of that. So personally for me and then uh, my church has been so amazing to connecting with the sisterhood of moms and singles and grandmas and just everyone there has been huge. So Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Gina. Thanks, Becca. Yep. Take care. Thank you. The Two Emerge podcast is brought to you by Emerge Mothers Academy. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a positive review. A special thanks to our media manager, Laurel Goulson, and to Jessica Manning for our music.